What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at Sports. Instagram is also at Immaculate or Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 76. Just had the All-Star game. We're going to talk yeah. about that. A lot of failures and wins in the same weekend. It's usually how it goes. Mm-hmm. Usual top 15 rankings. What is it this week, Kyle? We got the wide receivers. Usually we do top 10, but had to expand to 15 because there's a lot more wide receivers that are valuable than quarterbacks, I guess, because there's only 32 actual starting quarterbacks in the league. And then there's really 96 or 64 or starting yeah. wide receivers that there are in the NFL. So expanded the list of 15 uh we're gonna hear about skyler's top 10 nba players of all time uh so that should be a fun one with obviously being the nba 75 and seeing that whole uh ceremony at halftime of the all-star game is really really cool and then we're gonna finish it off with nba award predictions the mvp defensive player of the year good stuff like that uh halftime i'm gonna talk a lot about college sports that was a pretty big thing with uh, college baseball coming back this past weekend. And then Jawan Howard doing some very (laughs) interesting things uh, at the helm of head coach for the Michigan basketball team. But before we get into the opener, before we get into the Macbeth sports play of the weeks and our team reports, who is your favorite number 76 together? All right. I got an interesting one for you, Kyle. I'm going to go with jumbo Elliott. He played left tackle for the Jets and Giants over his career, I believe 14 years. Uh, went to a Pro Bowl, won a ring with uh, Jeff Hostetler and company over there for the Giants. Uh, so, yeah, that's my – not a lot of 76s, so we're that's going true. with the Jet. Yeah, we got a lot of linemen choices. So I went with the 6'7", 325-pound NFL Hall of Famer Orlando Pace uh, left tackle for the St. Louis Rams for a long, long time. Seven-time Pro Bowler, three-time All-Pro, Super Bowl champ. Uh, back when the Rams won it in 2000 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and then also on the All 2000s team, we know those generational teams are a pretty big deal. When it comes to the NFL, so decided to go with one of the greatest left tackles of all time for my favorite number 76. He wore it his whole career. Yeah. Then. After that, let's get into the opener. Skyler, I see Florida versus Auburn here. Yeah. This is some college baseball, I'm assuming. Tell me about about the series, man. This was a basketball game. Oh, uh, yes, yes. From uh, the other nights, number two Auburn losing to the Gators on the road, 63 to 62. Uh, This was probably the best game of the day. I watched it for my hot tub. So it's like the (laughs) most I remember other than the Mm -hmm. all-star game. And we're going to talk about that after Uh, 26 points from Tyree Appleby and the Gators take down the Auburn Tigers. It is an awesome name. Uh, Jabari Smith, top prospect had 28 points, played some great defense, but it just wasn't enough. His point guard threw the ball away at the end and they lose to the Gators. Yeah. Favorite thing that I saw over this past weekend was not the dunk contest, not the three-point contest, not even the skills challenge because I didn't, actually did not watch that. But I did watch the All-Star game from start to finish, and the NBA has really nailed it with this format where they have it uh, each quarter kind of being a separate game with like $150,000 being donated to charity. And it really makes the players play more competitive. Obviously, that's kind of what partially the goal is in the All-Star game, uh, at least for the fans' perspective. We want to see some cool stuff. We want to see crazy shots, crazy dunks. But also seeing the best players playing nearly as hard as they can is really good to see. And we got that in the Team LeBron versus Team Durant All-Star game that ended up being 163 to 160 win for Team LeBron. He's now 5-0 and as All-Star team captain when he drafts the squad MVP of the game was Steph Curry. That was fun to watch. Had a 50 bomb in the all-star game with 16, three pointers. Uh, Joel Embiid led the way on the other side with 36 points for team Durant. but the game winner back in Cleveland by none other, the King uh, LeBron James, pretty cool sight to see to say the least. And uh, I'd be, 
pretty cool thing to go to in the future if they, they ever take it over to Chase is going to the NBA All-Star Yeah, game. how much would that be? All those guys over there. It'd be a lot of money, <laughs> but it'd be fun. And also another cool thing was the halftime ceremony. I talked about it a little bit earlier mm. in the opener. Or not the opener, but in like a preview. Uh, the 75 team was honored there. And just seeing all the names, all the guys there, seeing those guys interact was really, really cool because obviously they paved the way to basketball to what it is today. And yeah, so we got that. We also got the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. I mentioned him already. We didn't put up a vote. There really wasn't much to vote for, honestly. We had NBA All-Star Weekend. We could have had some college baseball, basketball players in there, maybe a hockey player. Dylan Bieber's went deep last night. We're going with Stephen Curry as the Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. All-Star MVP, 50 points in the game. I know it's an All-Star game, but it was still pretty cool to watch and kind of took center stage, at least in the sports world, on Sunday night. So we're going with Steph. And now we get to team reports. Uh, Still talking about football with our team reports here. Skeller, what's going on with the Jets? Uh, It's not about the Jets. It's about our minor league team, the New Jersey Generals. (laughs) The USFL draft going on right now. (laughs) So it's some football coming eventually in the spring here uh, to get our minds off of... I guess a locked out baseball season if it comes to it. Yeah. Also with talks in the MLB, they're heating up a little bit, but we'll see how that That's goes. We'll, we'll let you know if there's some real, real news uh, coming up here in the coming weeks. So look out for that. But team report, as far as the Raiders go, not much. I mean, we hired a running backs coach, Kennedy Palomalu. He was former, not, not this, I don't think it's the same Palomalu. <laughs> Uh, but he was a running backs coach for Minnesota for a while, helped develop Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison. So that's a pretty good hire there, I'd Adrian say. Peterson. Uh, I don't think he was that long of a <laughs> running backs coach, but I'd say it's a decent hire. We're expected to be pretty active in free agency here once that starts in about a month. Look forward to our free agency prediction, which probably won't be in these next few weeks, but probably about three weeks or so. So that should be fun. And always something fun to do is probably one of my favorite episodes of all time that we did last year when we were going through every single player, not every single player, but all the top players and where they were going to land in the upcoming season. But let's get to, I guess, what would be the main event, our rankings in the NFL. We did QB a few weeks ago. We did the running back seat a week after that. We didn't do any rankings last week because we did the QB predictions for every single team too. So... There's not that, but the top 15 wide receivers, do you have any honorable mentions before we get started? No, but I mean, I I think there's more than 15 great receivers. So, yeah, I, I had a list of all the like 96 or see how many there was. I had 79 receivers on this list. Uh, And then I, I put it into just all the names I think could possibly be top 15 and I got that to 24. And then from there, I made my top 15 list. Uh, I guess, I guess I'll, shout out, I'll shout out some the Dallas guys. They didn't make my list. Yeah, the Dallas guys didn't make my list either. Another guy I shout out, Jalen Waddle. Uh, mm-hmm. I just missed my list. Uh, he's going to be high on this list eventually. Also, DJ Moore. He barely missed my list. So there's After that. watching him drop seven balls in a row uh, when I was trying to root for my my guy, Sam Darnold, I Your guy? no longer... My former guy, Sam Darnold, I could no longer include him on this list. Yeah, I couldn't. I, I just couldn't put DJ Moore in because he, he only has 14 touchdowns in the last four years. And I know 14 touchdowns in general is a pretty good thing. But when you're looking at the top 15 receivers, I just think he misses the cut. So let's get into the list, starting out at number 15. Who is it? I'm going to go with Tyler Lockett. He's had some injury troubles in the past, um, but he he just makes it into the top 15 here. Number 15 for me is going to be Michael Thomas. Uh, he would have been higher on this list if he's been healthy the last few years and we've been able to see. But I just don't know at this point if he's going to come back to being the same version that he was when he was in 2019-2020 when he set the receptions record in a single season. But I was watching these highlights yesterday and just watching him run routes and watching him compete after the catch and stuff like that. He is He's a Cooper Cup that is not as good after the catch, or is he good after the catch, which is just not as good, but he can also play outside. 
So I, I think that throws a, a good thing in there. I think he he's a top three receiver, in my opinion, when healthy. But since he hasn't been for really these last two years, I had to put him down at 15. Next up is number 14. All right. I'm going to go with DK Metcalf, the teammate of the guy I put at 15, Tyler Lockett's uh, athletic freak. Another guy who hopefully, you know, he just puts everything all together and he could be a top five guy on this list eventually. DK has definitely got the tools. He actually was not on my list. Uh, that's because at number 14, I put Calvin Ridley. Mm-hmm. I know he was going through some going through some stuff this past year and he really didn't have any great years prior to last season or I guess two seasons ago at this point. But that that 2020-2021 season for Calvin Ridley was so good that I just could not leave him off this list. And so he he gets number 14. Hopefully he's more consistent in the future and gets back to playing uh, the sports that he loves in, in 2022. Next up is number 13. Lucky number 13. Yeah, lucky number 13 is going to go to Adam Thielen. Uh, he's kind of stepped up as their their big red zone threat since Minnesota's had – so many issues with tight ends since Kyle Rudolph left pretty much. I know uh, Conklin didn't have a bad year, but uh, Thielen's been a monster in the red zone for him. Number 13 for me is probably the most underrated receiver in all of the NFL, in my opinion, and that's Brandon Cooks. He has put together two 1,000-yard seasons in a row, uh, especially this last year where he had a great season and had – a rookie QB with no offensive line throwing to him. Mm-hmm. And he was the number one targeted in the offense. Everybody knew that if their offense was going to flow, they were going to get the ball to Brandon Cooks. He was a center focus, and that did not stop him. The archer is a problem when it comes to game planning around him. He's got speed. He's got ability to run after the catch. He's a good route runner. He makes plays. Uh, and if he has a good quarterback next year, cause I assume that he's going to get traded again, probably for like the fifth time in his career, he can be a top 10 to top seven receiver in this league. Next up at number 12. All right. Number 12 is going to be Jamar chase. Great rookie year. And uh, another guy who, you know, has the tools to get even higher up here in the future. Number 12 for me, uh, a guy that a lot of people say is underrated. I think he's been, quote unquote underrated for a long enough time now where he's not really underrated and people understand how good he is. And that's Terry McLaurin. He is, he's a stud, honestly. And he just has had no help at the QB position. Kind of the same thing as Brandon cooks. I, this is a tough spot putting cooks or McLaurin. I think McLaurin is a more complete receiver, uh, but Brandon cooks has a better ability in the red zone for whatever reason. So I don't know. I just put McLaurin slightly above him though. Next up at number 11. Number 11, I have A.J. Brown. He's been an absolute monster in the open field with uh, no Corey Davis being that possession guy for him. A.J. Brown did it all last year for him and uh, just misses a top 10, but he's he's another great guy. Hopefully he can get a good quarterback here in the next couple of years. Number 11 for me is going to be Mike Evans. He had 27 touchdowns over these last two years, and I know he's had a lot of help on the offense, obviously having Tom Brady, having a good running back, having another couple good receivers and a couple good tight ends helps you get away from that coverage. But when you watch that touchdown against Jalen Ramsey that he had in uh, Tom, what was Tom Brady's eventually last game, he he just straight up burned him. And that's not something that people think of Mike Evans as this, this guy that's got speed too, while still being 6'4". And when you have 27 touchdowns over the span of two years, you're going to be high on this list. And so he stands in at number 11, one of my favorite receivers in the league mm-hmm. on a number 10. All right. Number 10 for me is going to be Calvin Ridley. Um, like you said, not a lot of evidence of this, but when he has been on in the past couple of years, he's been really on. And I mm-hmm. think somebody should go trade for him. Yeah. He's Hopefully definitely going to be a guy that will probably have a new home coming in this upcoming season. Hopefully it's not the Jets. Hopefully it's the Raiders. I'd be okay with that. As long as we, if we get Devontae Adams, then you guys can have Calvin. Or we'll take Brandon Cooks too. I wouldn't mind that either. Or everybody gets tagged and we just got to draft. One guy I don't think who gets tagged is Chris Godwin though. Yeah, Godwin, okay. he got tagged this past year, so I don't think he will again. Uh, number 10 for me though is going to be Keenan Allen, one of the best slot receivers in the game. And I know he... The reason a lot of people would put him higher on this list, but the reason I didn't is because he has one of the best quarterbacks in the game 
And Jalen Waddle is putting up the exact same numbers as him. And Jalen Waddle has Tua. So Keenan kind of slightly underrated at sometimes, but in my opinion, is very slightly overrated. Next up, number nine. And into the single digits now. Sure. Number nine, I'm going to go with Deontay Johnson from Pittsburgh. This guy had a ridiculous transition into this year with so many drops. And now he's... He's one of the best slot guys in the NFL. Yeah. Deontay Johnson did just miss my list. He, he's not on here. He had really good hands in the first half of the season, but there's a lot of concentration drops that he had later in the season, but still his ability. I, I don't blame you for putting him this high on your list. He's not dropping uh, any tennis balls. Kyle. <laughs> sure, yeah, he's got, he's maybe throwing two tennis balls at him. He's probably still catching both. Number nine, AJ Brown. I had him a bit higher than Skyler does. I think we both really, really like watching AJ Brown play. Partially, the reason why he's so high on my list is because of Debo. And him and Debo are two very similar receivers where they can make plays down the field, but primarily are really good after the catch. They got good breakaway speed, things like that. Good physical runners as a wide receiver. And that's not really something that you see too often. A.J. Brown, if he had a Justin Herbert, if he had a Tom Brady, if he had a Joe Burrow or something like that, he'd be putting up numbers better than a lot of these top, top guys. So he only in his third year is at number nine for me. Who's number eight, Skyler? Number eight is going to be Keenan Allen. Uh, So we pretty much flip-flopped A.J. Brown and Keenan Allen here, um, Mm -hmm. I think, on your list. Anyways, I just, I can't penalize him for playing with Justin Herbert because he, you know, makes his mistakes too, uh, just like Tua. Um, and Keenan Allen has just been solid every single year he's been in the NFL. He hasn't decreased at all. So he's going to stay there in the top 10. Yeah. I, I put Keenan slightly above Mike Evans because I feel like as far as longevity goes, they're very similar receivers, but I give that slight bump to Keenan. And obviously still 10th is a pretty good spot in the NFL. Number eight for me is the rookie Jamar Chase, uh, already one of the best big play receivers in the league. And watching him in the game against the Raiders, he was a guy that it was impossible to stop him. We we couldn't well, we didn't put Casey Hayward on him. We put Casey Hayward on T Higgins, and T Higgins got shut down. But Jamar Chase just killed us play after play after play. Killed the Chiefs play after play after play. Killed the Ravens play after play after play. And he does it to a lot of teams. I know it's only his rookie year, but 1,400 yards and 13 touchdowns, I believe it was, that's that's definitely good enough to, to crack the top 10 in my list. Next up, number seven. Number seven, I'm going to go with Debo Samuel here. Um, probably one of the biggest shockers of the entire year. Uh, you don't have him on your list? I have him a lot higher than seven. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, I guess I'll – when we get – keep going down the list. I'll explain more, but uh, I think this is the year we all thought Calvin Ridley would have and Debo just, uh, just surprised the world, you know, number seven can do it all. Wow. Number seven's kind of disrespectful, honestly. Well, I mean, look at the names who are up here, you know? Yeah. I look at the names and I don't know, I guess we'll get there. Number seven for me is Stefan Diggs. He is very good at everything. I don't think he, is as good as my top six receivers at a single one thing. So he does everything at elite, but not anything where it's like best of the league elite. So Diggs, very complete receiver. He's my number seven. On to number six. All right. Number six is Tyree Kill. Fastest guy out there. You have to scheme for him. You can't just uh, throw zone coverage out there uh, as a matchup nightmare. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill is scary. Number six for me, though, is going to be DeAndre Hopkins. Got hurt this year. Didn't play that much. You don't have Hop on here? (laughs) I forgot about him. (laughs) You don't have Hop? That's crazy. Hop, he is – he's very fun to watch play football. Uh, Double teams are a must against him, except in a different way from Tyreek Hill because he might not be the fastest receiver, but you – He'll moss you and, and do it over and over and over again. 
not the greatest after the catch, but his monsting ability, contested catch ability, possession ability is so much better than a lot of these receivers in this league. So I put him at number six. Next up, number five. That's awkward, but I'm just going to keep going. I apologize to DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, yeah, I'm number, sure he's listening. Number five is uh, Justin Jefferson for me. This guy, is, he's great at everything he does, really. And uh, another great season, season number two for him. And he, I mean, he, he could be number one on here next year. He could. He could be. Uh, number five for me was Tyreek. Skyler explained it a little bit. Uh, he's just he's just fast, and he's good at everything else too. But he the speed obviously is what makes him him, and he he's not just fast. He has like another gear that just people don't have, and so he is the fastest receiver in the NFL. And I think when I get to my top, the rest of my top five, there's gonna be guys that are the best at a certain trait. Uh, in the NFL. And so that's why I have him at this certain spot. And I'll explain that more as we go along. But number five is Tyreek. Let's get to number four. All right. Number four, I'm going to have Mike Evans uh, for a similar reason you just explained. I like that. I think this is the biggest matchup nightmare in the NFL. That's why he's number four. He's the biggest and strongest. And, you know, I I don't want to see him race Tyreek Hill, but I'm going to say he's one of the fastest. Um, Yeah. So, yeah, he's number four. Yeah, and I like that. I like Mike Evans a lot. He's one of my favorite receivers in the league. Uh, But number four, I respect it, but I don't know if I would put him there. Number four for me is going to be the guy that just had arguably the greatest wide receiver season of all time, and that's Cooper Cup. Uh, The reason why he's not number one, number two, and number three is because he doesn't play the outside. And I know that's not necessary in the Rams offense. But if you want to be stacked up against these top three guys, I think you have to have the ability to play outside. Cooper Cup, though, amazing at everything and is by far the best slot receiver in the NFL right now. Unless you want to talk about Hunter Renfro, because mm-hmm. Hunter Renfro might might be number one better than Cooper Cup. OK, All right. maybe not. How about we give it another year and uh, make sure it's, he's not Cole Beasley. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> hey, Hunter numbers. Vaccinated. numbers don't lie. <laughs> that's not true that's similar numbers no from from, uh-huh. from last year's beasley uh-huh. ah yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. yeah number three all right number three i have stefan diggs uh keeping with the uh with the tradition here uh this is the best route runner in the nfl um i know you you weren't as high because he doesn't do one thing amazing right or uh sorry Complete opposite of that. He's he's not all around amazing. Is that what you're? He you're does everything very very well, but he okay. doesn't do anything the best in my opinion. All right. Okay. Well, I, I think he is one of the best route runners uh, because I've seen my team try to guard him and they couldn't, not one time. So mm-hmm. he's number three. Yeah, number three for me is the guy that Skyler put at seven. That's Debo Samuel. His ability to run after the catch. Hey, if this is run, a running back ranking, he'd be. He'd be higher. He well, the thing is that Debo really created his own position at this point, and he's doing something that really hasn't ever been seen, especially by a wide receiver, uh, where he just has a physical stature and power as a runner. That he is a guy that you have to put a linebacker on and strength-wise to tackle him, but you can't put a linebacker on him because if you put a linebacker on him, he's just going to run by him. So he's really he's a tough matchup, regardless of what you're doing with the Niners scheme. He really does a good job with it. So number three for me is Debo. Let's get to number two. And then after that, the long-awaited number one. All right, number two, I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. I think he is the best receiver overall, all around. Um, but I I just can't do it. And I'll explain when we get there. Damn. Number two for me is Justin Jefferson. He is the best deep threat in the NFL he is one of the fastest receivers in the league. He's fun to watch. He's very good possession-wise now. He's, he's got great hands. And not only is he really good in year two, he improved a lot from year one, and he had the best rookie season pretty much of all time before Jamar Chase came around. So, Jettles is a stud. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. 
Next up, number one, I think I know mm-hmm. who you have, and I think you know who I have here. Yeah, uh, I I chose Cup over Adams just because he Cup did something we've never seen before. I understand he's not the fastest, the best route runner, the most physically gifted, but like I, I want to see Devontae Adams have a season like this. You know, I I haven't seen this before. I wasn't alive for for Jerry Rice's prime. You know, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm not comparing uh, legacy. I'm comparing the numbers. You know what you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. So that's why I still have Cup. I, I don't know if it's going to change when we start the season, but right now, the end of the season rankings, you know, Cup has got to be number one for me. Yeah, number one for me. And I also like Skyler's Cup ranking. I just don't think he's better than Devonte. Yeah. I knew this was coming. We've talked about so this before. He he's my number one guy, and as in my in my opinion, it's really not that close. I think Devonte does a, a few things the best in the league. I think he has the best hands. I think he has the best route running. I think he has he has the ability to make contested catches not contested, and you don't see that often. He just he gets in the right spot and po- possibly or probably the, a good part of that is because of Aaron Rodgers. If you ask Aaron Rodgers, okay, I want this ball on my right shoulder, uh, right next to my ear. He's going to put it there every single time. Like he, he's their connection is so good. Uh, and maybe that is why I'm scattered and put him at number one because of credit to Aaron Rodgers. But I give a lot of that credit to Devonte and his ability to be the smart run, route runner, all those good things. He just he's the best man. I, I hope I can see him one day in the silver and black, but uh money, contractual obligations might not want that to happen. I'll see so. him. You ready to see him in the Gotham Green next year? Gotham Green? Why are the Packers changing their uniforms? Oh. There we go, dude. All right, let's go to halftime, man. And then we'll right. get into the NBA stuff on the second half. So mm-hmm. first thing is some basketball stuff, and that's right. CP3. He played a few minutes in the All-Star game, but it was kind of weird because we all knew that he was hurt. He broke his hand. I'm not sure when. I don't really think that has been known of when it actually happened, but he broke his hand, wanted to get an honorary assist in the How All-Star stupid game. was that? He didn't even he get it. Fine. Yeah, he, he ended up being fine, <laughs> though, in the All-Star game. He only used his left hand, but he will be out for the next six to eight weeks because of an and avulsion fracture in his right thumb according to espn uh, six to eight weeks regular season ends in seven weeks i'm pretty sure so we'll see how that goes beginning of the playoffs i assume he'll probably be back that first game uh, if not slightly a bit sooner but a big blow to the as of right now the western conference top team and a team that has avoided a lot of injuries covid all that stuff this whole season finally gets a blow to to one of the best players and probably like soul of that team. Mm. Next up is the college baseball weekend recap. Yeah. So good to have baseball back. I know it wasn't the MLB, but college baseball, if you really get into it, is just as good, if not better, than major league baseball because there's so much more emotion in it. They're not getting paid to play, so that they're not acting as professionals because they're not. So you get to see all this stuff. It was fun to watch. And I'll just go over some of the rankings that came out yesterday. Uh, Texas stays at number one. Arkansas Arkansas stays at number two after losing a game to Northern Illinois. Ole Miss goes from five to three after the weekend sweep. Oklahoma State takes three out of – or two out of three from Vanderbilt and goes from seven to number four. Vanderbilt does lose two out of three to Oklahoma state. Obviously goes from number three to number five. Stanford wins two out of three from Cal state Fullerton and stays in the exact same spot. We'll get Mississippi you back. Oh, mm-hmm. we'll see about that. Mississippi state after losing two out of three to long beach goes down to seven after being at number four, LSU stays the same spot after their weekend sweep. That is number eight. NC State goes up one spot after their weekend sweep from 10 to 9. And then Florida State, 11 to number 10 after their weekend uh, sweep. And then some other notable ones. Mm-hmm. Long Beach State, 24 to 12 is a pretty big one. Florida goes down to 15 after starting off 1 and 2. And a couple unranked teams moving into ranked spots. Maryland goes to 22 and Liberty goes to 21. Mm-hmm. 
And that's where we sit right now. I, I understand that like the SEC is is the big one. You know, it's the big boys there. Uh but I just I want to see the Big West and the Pac-12 get some more recognition. They usually do at the end of the year, but just Long Beach in there for we'll the West, we, yeah, for Pac-12, yeah. And uh, I mean, ho- hopefully, we get some guys going. I mean, I I think Santa Barbara and or, I mean Irvine did just get dropped out, so I mean that's their fault. But I, I want to see I want to see at least Cal and uh, there'll be some Santa more Barbara back in there. Some more. California teams, especially as we go along, usually these teams in the West Coast, they start off a little slow and then they get hot once the weather gets warmer. Because they beat up on each other, too. That's the thing. They don't realize. Yeah. So Pac-12 usually gets some good representation and the Mountain West conferences, stuff like Mm -hmm. that, uh, tend to do better later in the season. So we'll see that as we go along. But nonetheless, it's great to have some form of baseball back. And now... Sticking with yeah. college, let's go to the basketball side of it. Skyler, what's going on? All right, so I talked about number two Auburn losing to Florida. That's a pretty big one for them. Um, but I think the big winner this weekend was Texas Tech. They beat ranked Texas, and they ended up sweeping Baylor. Um, so that's huge for them. And Joe Lenardi is the ESPN writer who does the bracketology. Uh, I want to talk about some stuff here. So we'll talk about the uh, the number one seeds he has. So far, he has Gonzaga as the overall number one, Arizona, Auburn, still there, and Kansas. Uh, I guess we'll, I'll talk about the twos, too. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll name the twos. Texas Tech gets bumped up. Baylor stays at number two. Um, Purdue and Kentucky. Um, March Madness starting soon. Obviously, we'll be starting in March. We have one more week, I believe. Uh, and then conference championship tournaments. Uh, so this one is going to be fun. Uh, one of the last four in on the bubble for Joe Lenardi here is Michigan. Um, we now know that their head coach, Jawan Howard, will be suspended throughout the regular season uh, because he hit Wisconsin's coach in the face. Yeah, probably not the smartest thing to do. No, they're they're arguing about timeouts, uh, you know, running up the score or whatever. But that's not why he hit him. He hit him because he was frustrated. He got his ass kicked by Wisconsin. You know. Yeah, I would be too. <laughs> oh yeah, you have any other notes? College basketball? No, I, I have not watched any of that. And I think that's the best strategy going into March Madness. If you understand college be. basketball, you're not going to do good in March Madness. Are you kidding me? I feel like I, I have an understanding of, of which teams will get to the Sweet 16. But other than that, I agree with you. It's It's got to be completely random. Yeah, so my strategy this year, because I watched a bit of college basketball last year, mm-hmm. my strategy this year, guess. So you're picking oh. Tyree Appleby? Of course, Tyree Appleby, <laughs> Appleby, whatever his name is, and Loyola Chicago. Okay. Number one. All right. All right, let's talk about LeBron and his son, Bronny. Now, he, LeBron, obviously, Laker right now, was back in Cleveland over the weekend with All-Star Weekend being there. Uh, always stuff that comes with All-Star Weekend is these big press conferences and stuff. And so LeBron is talking about his future, or people are asking him about his future and his commitment to Los Angeles. He said that he's not tied down to Los Angeles and that his real goal is to play one year with Bronny, wherever they may, that may be. And that opens up a lot of possibilities. And the value for that Bronny pick, even if he's valued as a mid-first rounder as a player, has jumped up to top five, top three, maybe even number one in that class. Because LeBron said pretty much that he's going to do anything that he can to play that last season with Bronny, even if it is taking like a league minimum contract to go ahead and play with him. So that makes that pick... So, so, so valuable because even if LeBron's 40, a 40-year-old LeBron is going to be a lot better than a lot of these players in the NBA. So, I mean, it's it's going to be the cheapest way to ever get a star, really. That, that draft pick, you don't have to give up cap or anything like that. You could trade your draft picks for the next three years, four years, five years, however much you want to, to go get that pick. You have Bronny and LeBron. You already have your team And that just makes – that's going to be a crazy scenario whenever that happens. And it would be funny to see, like, is LeBron going to go to, like, 
Portland or some shit like that. OKC, some random ass team that has a number one overall pick. Well, uh, my take here from this is even if the team uh, in my in my situation, my scenario here, let's say New Orleans. I have a feeling this is a team that's going to blow it all up by the time Bronny is in the draft. Um, this is a team, even with LeBron, I don't think would be a title contender. Yeah, but you can but, add max contracts too. But to that. this is this is it. You're bringing more fans in there because New Orleans has no fans right now. You're bringing in free agents. That changes the game because we've been speculating about this. We've definitely had this conversation before. Like, nah, he wouldn't go to Pistons. Come on. Like, <laughs> But uh, you actually true. said that he would. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a very interesting dynamic to it. Uh, and going to be something not really in the near future, but in the next couple of years, I guess, uh, that we'll get more news on. And obviously heading into that draft, it's going to be some mm-hmm. big, huge news in 2025, maybe. I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure. The exact it, year. it depends if he goes to college or yeah, uh, if they let him leave as a high schooler, they could change that. Yeah. We did get a big coaching hire in the NFL, not as a head coach, but as a senior defensive assistant, I believe it was. That's Brian yeah. Forrest's Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Tell us a little bit about that, Skyler. Yeah, uh, you know, this is uh, this is pretty big for Mike Tomlin's staff. You know, um, Brian Flores is obviously a great defensive mind in the NFL. Probably should be somebody's head coach right now if uh, he didn't sue a bunch of teams. Uh, so good, good for them. But also some more stuff that came out about an hour ago. He declined to sign a separation agreement from Miami uh, to speak on the treatment by team. Uh, so pretty much that means Miami. Uh, so it's hard to explain. I'm not a lawyer. Uh, let me try <laughs> to break this down. Um, pretty much when Brian Flores was fired, the owner allegedly said, sign this so you don't speak badly about us, you know? And Brian Flores said, no way, I'm not signing that. And the owner has said none of the, none of anything that Brian Flores has said over the past month is true. So this is interesting. I don't really know what to think, especially in this era with, uh, you know, someone posts something on Twitter, we are expected to believe it right away. And especially after Tom Brady's fake retirement, uh, which ended up happening, but, uh, I don't know what to think anymore. Yeah. Crazy stuff, man. Mm. But that's going to do for halftime. Let's talk NBA greatest players of all time. Uh, NBA 75 was a big deal this past yeah. week, and it's been a big deal this whole year. But guys being left off, we're not going to talk any about any of those fringe 75 guys, but maybe those fringe top 10. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to get Skyler's top 10 rankings. Yes, sir. I would yeah, love to break down the top 75, but <laughs> we ain't got time for that. We ain't got time <laughs> for that, nor do we have the most knowledge about those players that played mm-hmm. in the 50s and 60s. Do you have any honorable mentions before we get into this? Um, man, not really. I'm pretty, I'm pretty solid with my top 10 here. Here we go. So who's number 10 then? All right. Number 10, we're going to start it off with Jerry West, the logo. Okay, the logo. Hall of Famer, 12-time All-NBA first team player. Uh, He averaged 27 points, seven assists, and six rebounds over his career. And he's the logo, man. Entire career with the Lakers, with Elgin Baylor, um, a couple years with Kareem there. Uh, And I think the biggest what-if about Jerry West here, which could, could have put him in the top five, is they only started tracking steals. His last year in the NBA, 1973. And in his last year, at 35 years old, he averaged three steals per game. Wow. I could only imagine. I'm sitting here thinking, man, in 1960, what if he averaged seven seven steals a game? You know, he could have been the greatest player ever. <laughs> I mean, because let me see. He, he was five-time all-defensive first team. Uh, it's possible. Yeah, that's true. It's definitely changed uh, quite a bit. From, from what we know now, now we know probably how many times a player tries to go for a steal in a yeah. game. And we didn't even know how many times the steals actually happened in the game way back then. They were just looking at rebounds and points. Uh, so we got that. Jerry West at number 10 is a good one to yeah. start. Let's get on to number nine. All right. Number nine, I got the Mamba, Kobe Bryant. Um, it's sad that uh, he won't be at any of these uh, 
you know, something like the 75 event. He, yeah. he wasn't there because he passed away. It sucks. But uh, let's focus on the on the good stuff here. Hall of Famer, 18-time All-Star. That's tied for the most ever. Uh, 12-time nice. All-Defensive. 15-time All-NBA team. And uh, five-time champ. He averaged 25 points, five rebounds, five assists. He's an absolute killer. He was a clone of Michael Jordan. Um, the closest to it. Uh, yeah. Just an amazing career. Yeah. So we got two all-time Lakers to start off the list. Who, who's coming at number eight? We'll go with another one. Didn't spend a, a whole lot of time there, but we're going to go with Will Chamberlain. All right. He averaged 30 points and 23 rebounds for his career. Uh, obviously, he scored 100 points in a game. Uh, seven allegedly, times Allegedly. We don't know that actually happened. There's no video proof. I'm not upset with that take, so, but I know, I know you're big allegedly guys. Yes. So. I'm not it, upset with that take, but, but considering what we do know about him and assuming it's all, it's all true. Yeah. Amazing guy. Four-time MVP. Um, <laughs> I mean, have you heard the story about why he retired? No, I don't think I have. Well, I mean, he was 37, but he was still uh, averaging 13 points and 19 rebounds. Uh, and he had a team option that he didn't like. He wanted to be extended. And huh. they, the Lakers wouldn't do it, so he retired. Damn. Yeah. That's tough. Mm-hmm. He's a legend, though. I think he's one of the few players that, from that time, his game would really translate to nowadays, just mm-hmm. being seven feet tall and, and whatnot. So oh, yeah. now three Lakers. Uh to start the list who comes in at number seven all right number seven i got timmy duncan the big fundamental yeah absolute playoff legend of course a hall of famer 15 time all nba 15 time all-star three-time finals mvp and a five-time champ he averaged 19 and 11 over his career i want to look at the at his playoff uh career numbers because i know they got to be ridiculous. Um, if I can't find them in the next couple seconds, I'll give up. But uh, uh, career playoffs. Here we go. Uh, damn, only game locks. Okay, but uh, we'll, maybe we'll do this another time. But uh, Tim Duncan, absolute beast. I want to look up his blocks because that's going to be big. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sorry. I'm on my, my phone on the basketball reference. Two blocks a game for his career. Yeah. There we kind go. Kind of crazy. Okay. I haven't played what 18 seasons or so. I won't put you on the spot for that, but a long, long career and spending all of that. Yes. San Antonio Spurs. So we got the first four players out of the way in mm-hmm. nine, 10, nine, eight, and seven. Let's get to number six. All right. Number six. I'm going to go with Larry Legend. Larry Bird. Uh, what I think is probably the great scorer shooter at least uh of his era okay of all time yeah you got scared there for a second yeah, didn't you i didn't i did get scared <laughs> well he's a three-time champ 10-time all nba player he averaged 24 points 10 rebounds six assists for his career um it, which ended short because of back surgeries which sucks but uh at least we never saw him out of his prime you know sure. legend yeah on to number five we've made the top five Mm-hmm. I think the players I expect to hear in here, we got the GOAT, we got LeBron, we got Kareem, we got Magic, and Shaq. All right. Are those the five? We're going to get there. Oh, who's number five? Number five. Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> number five is Magic Johnson. Okay. Okay. 20 points, 11 assists, seven rebounds over his career. In his rookie year, when Kareem went down with an injury in the finals, Magic Johnson, the young rookie, started game seven at center. And after that, he just took off. He's, uh, the, he's the guy that really created positionless basketball. He was and positionless. It, it really wasn't taking effect until the past few years. But there is that huge gap uh, of 20, 30, 40 years, 50 years, maybe even mm-hmm. where the positionless basketball wasn't a thing. So magic did it first. Then it went to LeBron and now it's pretty much everybody in the NBA. Oh yeah. 
it's been copycatted a lot. Uh, exactly. At least tried to. No one can, can do this. I, that's why he's number five on my list. Uh, five-time champ, three-time finals MVP, three-time regular season MVP. And the fact that he came back and scored 15 and seven after HIV being out four years is amazing. Yeah. Next up, number four. Who is it? The, the big diesel? <sighs> number four is a big man. One of the greatest of all time is Bill Russell. Oh, so no time champion. No Shaq. No Shaq. Shaq misses. I guess wow. he could be an honorable mention, but wow. he's not in the top 10 for me. I have Bill Russell because this man did not lose. He started <laughs> coaching after his career, and he still did not lose. <laughs> he averaged 15 points and 23 rebounds. Oh, man. Five-time MVP. And I don't – did they not do a finals MVP yet? I don't think uh, so. Well, an award is named after him. So we'll give him that. How about that? The f- well, I, I, that's why I was confused. I didn't see it. And then I – now I realized, and I remember now that the year after he retired, Jerry West won the first Bill Russell Finals MVP. So, uh, yeah, the four-time uh, rebound champ. I don't know if they, uh, I don't know who he was going up against, but he was <laughs> he's after twenty-five of them. <laughs> I don't know how he didn't win the others, but uh, yeah, I, I, he's just the greatest winner of all time. So I, I had to put him at number four there. Yeah, number three on the list now. It's Kareem, isn't it? It's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Lou Alcindor, 25 points, 11 rebounds. Um, another guy who just seemed to play forever. At 41 years old, he was an all-star, you know, and 19-time uh, all-star. He's, he's, it's the most ever. 11-time uh, all-defensive, 15-time all-NBA, 6-time MVP. He's the scoring leader. Yeah, I don't need to he, say anymore. He's got endless accolades. <laughs> we could go on for days. And mm-hmm. so do these top two guys. Yeah. Uh, I think I know your GOAT debate. Uh, mm-hmm. But number two, tell me why LBJ is right there. Uh, the good reasons or why he's not at one? <laughs> uh, explain why LBJ is at two. And then after okay. that, explain why MJ is the GOAT. I... Uh, Struggled with this one for a while, not because it was close. It was because I was thinking, how wait, how do you have LeBron James better than someone like Tim Duncan? You know, but uh, as time passed, he as another guy who just never left his prime. He's been more dinged up. He's been taking more days off, but he's still averaging 29 points per game at 37 years old. That's insane. Yeah, Skylar, I do want you to look at something first. Do you have LeBron's rookie stats up, perhaps? I do. Tell me what, how many points, uh, rebounds, assists he averaged in, in his rookie year. 21, 6, and 6. And then how much does he average uh, at age 39, 38, whatever it is? 29, 6, and 8. See, I, don't, I just don't see the improvement, really. Like, there's just no level of improvement there. I mean, maybe he could have been the GOAT if he decided to improve <laughs> on his numbers a little bit. But when you're just a stagnant player, I mean, complacency kills. You know that's kind of so. Okay. I understand. I, <laughs> it's just, this is something I've never seen before. I know I've yeah. only been watching basketball for, I don't know, 10 to 15 years now. But he's, he's the four-time MVP, four-time finals MVP, 18-time All-Star, um, six-time defensive first team uh it's just absolute ridiculous career here uh he's very hated sometimes by me yeah but you can't deny he's the second best player of all time he is 37 years old and he's still the most physically dominant player in the nba maybe he's up there i don't think he is okay he he is a top uh but regardless, being in that conversation at all is very, very uh, insane to even think about. And I, I love to hate on LeBron. I think it's fun mm-hmm. to do. I think it's fun to make fun of him. He's got a lot of jokes that go with his name and stuff like yeah. that. But I understand his greatness. Uh, I really do. I just don't think it's as good as MJ. And sometimes yeah. that's what hurts me is that I think everything needs to be compared. And two players' greatnesses – really don't need to be compared. They just don't. They're both great. Yeah. 
Everyone's I agree. Than and that's other, why, that's why we don't have done. this conversation with baseball players. ESPN tried to do it and it sucked, but it's mm-hmm. impossible. The errors yeah, are drastically. Greatest baseball player of all time. <laughs> yeah. Nice try. Uh, Babe Ruth would, under the Mendoza line. If you played in today's game. So there's that part of it. Uh, and then number one, we can't leave out the goat. Mm-hmm. Talk about. My, yeah. Michael Jordan. Yes. Michael Jordan's number one. I, uh, I understand why people would think LeBron should be in this argument, but the thing that separates Michael Jordan is just the kind of, uh, mystery that goes along with his career. You know, he didn't have any friends, uh, on the court, of course. Uh, it's like a, it's, it's like the Loch Ness monster, you know, like when he went to Rome, everyone's like, oh, my God, the players stopped mid-game. They called, called a timeout. They played an exhibition game against the EuroLeague team, and they had to call a timeout to go over and shake his hand. You know, players playing against him. And then, you know, Jordan dropped 40 points on him after. Uh, he's a nine-time all-defensive first-team player. Nine times. Yeah, and a deploy. That's the biggest thing out mm-hmm. of all of them. If LeBron had a deploy, I think the argument for the GOAT makes somewhat sense. But when mm-hmm. you are the best offensive player and the best defensive player in the league at the exact same time, you're the fucking GOAT. He averaged like 30 cool. points over his career with six rebounds, five assists, a six-time finals MVP. And he even quit, played baseball, came back, and won three rings in a row. It's pretty nuts. That's pretty pretty yep. nuts. He averaged twenty points per game at thirty nine with the Wizards with Kwame Brown. <laughs> insane. Uh, let let me ask you these few questions before yeah. we get on to our NBA awards. There's two. I don't know about young. One of them is very very young. Uh, but two players that I think in the NBA that can get up to a top three level if everything yeah. goes right in their career. Uh, that are playing right now, obviously LeBron, uh, one of them, but that's not who I was talking about in this yeah. scenario. There's Giannis, who I think he gets to the top three, and then there's Luca. I think Luca has a chance if everything goes right in his career. He's only 20 years old, uh, so maybe same thing as LeBron. We won't be seeing that improvement as I do with the hand quotes mm-hmm. there where he's getting up to 35 points per game. Yeah. It's kind of impossible. But where do you think when it's all said and done, guys like Giannis and guys like Luca will rank? I think Giannis right now is probably somewhere in the top 30. Um, and that's about where LeBron was when he was at, at that age. So I think he, he definitely is on pace. I think that's very possible. Luca is a different story um, because like, I see a lot of similarities. Luca kind of plays in slow motion, kind of like how Larry Bird did, where he makes people slow down to him because mm-hmm. he has so much control over the, over the basketball um, but he's not as physical and I know Giannis is probably one of the most physical guys we've ever seen, but, uh, yeah, that's why I was the most physically dominant person yeah. in the league. I was, I was speaking to Giannis there. I think uh, that's fair. Yeah. Is. Yeah. I just, I feel like, uh, or honestly, yeah. Zion too. I mean, he is physically dominant. I don't think basketball wise, he would be as dominant, but physically dominant. Yes. Um, where was I going with this? Uh, anyways, I, I think Luca's style of play will last longer than Giannis's, but I feel like if Giannis uh, wins wins some more uh, some more plaques, you know, he'll be just fine, and yeah. maybe get on this list someday. Yeah, and obviously Luca, I think is twenty two years old, yeah. and Giannis is twenty six, twenty seven at this point. Giannis got this head start kind of at this point, two MVPs. Uh, a finals, uh, a finals MVP as well. Uh, Luca obviously doesn't have any of those things, but has a great opportunity to get some and the later on in his career. So I can see why you're, you're more leaning to the side that Giannis uh, could be higher up on this list. But uh, I mean, I, I, and too, Luca's teams are only getting worse. You know, someone like Dirk, if he was on a, a team that went, it's funny because they're on. The, he's on the. He played mm-hmm. for the same team, Dallas. Uh, but someone like Dirk. I think could have gotten over to this Tim Duncan level if he won a couple more championships, not in his, you know, last couple of years. Yeah, that's uh, fair. 
At least that yeah. European influence, still, man. You know, the yeah. the Mavs love that shit. They love the Europeans. <laughs> something about them. Yeah. Uh, but they do a really good job scouting those guys. And obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, we knew Luca was going to be a stud, but the player level that he is the at Hawks right didn't. now is crazy. So, well, Trey Young, <laughs> I think that still worked out pretty well for them. Uh, on to NBA award predictions. We're done talking mm-hmm. about the past. Uh, and the past. I guess we're going to talk about the future a little yeah. bit as well here, uh-huh. like we were talking about at the end there. Uh, so we will start it off with coach of the year. We have coach of the year, most improved sixth man, Ricky of the year, Depoy, and then um, of course MVP. Uh, so who as of right now is your coach of the year in the NBA? My coach of the year, I'm going to go with Monty Williams, uh, from Phoenix. I feel like, especially after this Chris Paul injury, if he stays on track, uh, he should be the sure number one choice. Uh, I know it's speculation, but, uh, yeah, the injury could help him in the long run. I am going away from the Phoenix Suns and on to the Memphis Grizzlies because they have taken the league by storm this year. I don't think they're a championship contender, but what Taylor Jenkins has done with that roster to put them into the spot that they have. And credit a lot of that credit goes to John Morant as well because he has become one of the most the game's most exciting players at this point in his career, only being in year three. But Taylor Jenkins, this is his coach of the year. Uh, it's his to lose, in my opinion. I think Monty Williams got his chance last year. Yeah. And I, I'm not sh- he probably He won it last year, didn't he? Let's see. I think he did. Uh, but it seems like the coach of the year always goes to that new team. And right now in the league, the new team is Thibodeau the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, Thibodeau? Yeah. Okay. That, that makes sense then. Monty Williams can win it, but Taylor Jenkins is, is still going to be my favorite. On sure. to most improved player of the year. We talked about this mm. a little before the show. Yeah. Tell me why you have the Grizzlies leader, John Morant, on this one. Yeah, I'm going to go with John Morant here uh, because I know there's some other guys with big rises who have played themselves to a near all-star level, but I don't think anyone – I don't I, w- I don't want to say expected, but – like John Morant's putting himself on Hall of Fame track right now. By year three, being able to get up to 30 points per game is ridiculous. You know, for a guy who was getting shadowed by Zion Williamson, um, I think it's crazy. I understand why you went with the coach, but I'm going with the player here, John Morant, who uh, is representing Memphis in the awards. Yeah, it's definitely takes quite a bit of news uh, to get Memphis into the yeah. mainframe in the, in the NBA and John Morant has obviously done that. Uh, but my most improved player of the year is going to be miles bridges. The guy who last year, let me pull up his averages real quick was averaging 12.7 points per game, six rebounds a game and 2.2 assists. Now he's gone to over a steal per game, nearly over a block per game, 7.2 rebounds, 3.6 assists. And has bumped up his scoring quite a bit to 20 points per game. He's shooting better percentages. Uh, he, he's he's been really really good. He slowed down a bit recently, but that that beginning part of the season really 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 carried him to get to this part where he's at right now. Yeah, I want to shout out uh, Desmond Bain, Ian's guy, another guy who went from like eight points to 20 points this year. Good for yeah. him. He's been very very good. Yeah. Uh, next up, six man. All right, six man. I'm gonna go with Tyler Hero. Uh, one of the only six men averaging 20 points per game uh, for Miami, a team that is really never out of it. Um, there's rap songs about him. He's in commercials. Just a, a great guy. Uh, and I want to shout out Kevin Love, too, uh, a guy who took a step back uh, for for Cleveland this year. And it's working out for him. He's still averaging 14 and 7, but he can't play 30 minutes a game anymore, and uh, he knows it, so... So uh, I like the role he's taken. Yeah. Kevin Love is a good choice. Uh, I went with the hero just like Skyler did, though. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler Hero, he's a, he's not a superstar, but he mm-hmm. is a popular superstar as far as that goes, uh, but not basketball-wise. Nonetheless, sixth man of the year. Maybe that provokes another song, the sixth man. Yeah. <laughs> Next up is rookie of the year. This one is getting more and more clear as we get later on to the season with other guys getting injured. Uh-huh. Evan Mobley. I went with Giddy. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like uh, he's got a lot of Lamelo Ball in his game, and if he can get the points up, 
you know, averaging around 15, seven and seven would give them a clear, you know, nod at the award, but I do have Mobley and Barnes here pretty close to them, but I, I, I feel like Giddy has the most upside for the award. If you know what I'm, what I'm yeah. Giddy, I just don't think has the ability to score like uh, it'd be needed yeah. to win the award, but Evan Mobley, who's my choice, who's averaging 15 points per game and eight rebounds a game as a rookie. He's my choice. He, he's been so good for the Cleveland Cavaliers and he's been a big part uh, of why that squad has been so good. Uh, especially with no Colin Sexton, uh, Colin Sexton, arguably the best player. I know there's been some interesting chemistry issues with that, but Darius Garland, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, Laurie Markin and also being there as well. Isaac Okoro, those guys have really done really, really well. Uh, but going back to it, Evan Mobley is my rookie of the year as of right now. Two more awards left. Mm. Uh, defensive player of the year. Who, who is this guy? It's obviously Rudy Gobert, right? Yeah, I have his Rudy Gobert too. It's not even close. I really, I wanted to give it to to Dejounte Murray because he's having a great year as well. But uh, Mm -hmm. Rudy Gobert, he's a guy for MIP as well. Dejounte, I like Dejounte a lot. I think Dejounte was my pick last year to get it. Uh, Didn't get it, obviously. I blank on who it was last year, but Rudy Gobert, Defensive Player of the Year, looks like a lock at this point. Maybe Draymond was a guy that could compete, but he Draymond's been out for quite a bit now. And now MVP, the main event. Yes. Who is it, Skyler? I really wanted to give it to Joel Embiid because this guy was supposed to be a bust, you know, and he just completely flipped the script. 29 points, all iso ball as a center. You don't see that ever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I have to give it to Jokic as of right now. Uh, 26 points, 14 rebounds, and eight assists. Uh, Denver is not a top three seed. But they wouldn't be anywhere near the playoffs without Jokic running their offense. And with all the injuries already, they're still going to get in. And it's it's because of this guy, Jokic. He's going to win back-to-back. Embiid is my MVP at this point into the season. He has been so good. And I've been watching more and more Sixers games as, as they get nationally televised and whatnot. Uh, he just, like, he is their offense. I know James Harden coming in now is going to be a big change, too. And Tyrus Maxey. I think it'll be better in. off for it as a team, but mm. not for him individually. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, but the leading scorer in the league is a center and a guy that has the ability to go off the dribble and not just in the post uh, as a center is pretty scary. Who was supposed uh, to be a bust. Yeah, uh, 11.2 rebounds per game. Uh. And also averaging nearly five assists per game. He he's the reason why the Sixers are good. Uh, and so I'm giving like it to the we big can't go over. wrong with any of these right now, except mm-hmm. for Deep Boy. That's true. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh that's gonna do it for the war predictions, though. Let's get over to layups, bowl predictions, whatnot, and let's get on out of here and yes, call sir. call it done for episode 76. But last week. It's a bad week for me. Uh, I had the Jazz over the Lakers on Wednesday. That did not happen. LeBron hit a game sealer late in that one, and so did Austin Reeves, I believe. Uh, Skyler had Team Cavs win the skills challenge. That was mm-hmm. a lamp, a good pick for Skyler as the hometown Cavs got the job done there. This week, though, I had the Celtics over the Nets for my uh, layup. No Kyrie in this game because it's being played in Brooklyn, and Ben Simmons still isn't back. Same thing with Kevin Durant. I know Seth Curry is good, but the Celtics have been pretty hot recently, and that's why I'm going with them. All right. I'm going to go with my guys, Cal State Fullerton, the Titans, to win their series against Gonzaga this weekend. Gonzaga's 1-3 and three to start off the year. Uh, they got swept in their first tournament, and they beat Cal the other night, 9-8. Uh, to eight, Crazy game. But, you know, Fullerton held their own against the number six team in the nation, Stanford, and uh, – I like our team's pitching staff. They got wrecked in game three by Stanford. But other than that, it was a fun series. Uh, so I'm going with our guys to win the series against Gonzaga. Yeah, not a bad pick. Uh, this week, though, for bold predictions, or last week, I guess, for bold predictions, me and Skylar didn't have a good one. No. Uh, but that's why they are bold predictions. Uh, I had JTA had a chance. Yeah. winning the dunk <laughs> contest. I think JTA surprised us all once he got to the final round. And then he kind of just ran out of dunks, it seemed like. And he failed at kind of attempting the dunks that he wanted to and completing them, executing them, whatnot. John Gruden would be the happiest with the execution on that one. So 
That's tough there. Uh, Skyler had Freddie Van Fleet win the three-point contest. He did not do that. So tough one there. Uh, but then we go to start. this week. We had, we had a good chance to bounce back. I have the Hawks winning over the Bulls on Thursday. Uh, that's, again, the first day that the NBA is back after the All-Star break. No Levine for the Bulls. Hawks, I, I got trust in Ice Trey. All right. I'm going to go with some college basketball on Saturday night, the primetime game. It's number five, Kansas at number 10, Baylor. Baylor's been struggling a little bit recently, and they're the favorites against Kansas at home. But I'm going to go with Kansas because a couple of weeks ago, they beat Baylor by 24. So I like that matchup for Kansas. Yeah, not a bad one uh, there for Skyler. And that's going to do it for episode 76. Mm-hmm. It's been pretty, pretty short. But that's not too bad. Uh, not all. all I think it, it ended up being uh, average length. Yeah. So we were ranting we there for a minute. Uh, it, it's good to have fun banter like that, yeah. though. Uh, but that's going to do it for episode 76. Mm-hmm. Socials, same as always, Max Sports for the Instagram Immaculate. and the Twitter, and then Immaculate Sports for the YouTube and the TikTok. So feel free, give us a follow on those, turn on post notifications. We got stuff coming out uh, pretty often on those things. So. Go check them out. Episode 77 coming out next week. Let's get tight end some rankings. baseball. Tight end rankings next baseball. week. Yeah. Baseball. Uh, some more stuff. We'll see how all that stuff goes. So, Combine's uh, coming soon. That's true. That's true. Oh, no yeah. bubble in the combine. It's a pretty mm-hmm. big thing now. Uh, mm-hmm. That was some decently big news over the past week. But yeah. Thanks for joining uh, Skyler. As always. Uh, And I guess we'll see everybody next week. We'll see you guys next week. Go Jets. We're out.